Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast. I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. For this episode, I was joined by co-founder of Leadsmark Technologies and author of The Revenue Zone, Tom Burton. Tom was kind enough to chat to me about Leadsmark's recent success with their CRM solution multiplying their clients' business using Lead Forensics data. So we go in-depth on that one. He then spoke to me more about his own career, including one of the best answers we've ever had for greatest achievement. So keep an ear out for that one. So without further ado, here is Tom Burton's episode of the Essential B2B podcast. Tom, what problems have you been working on recently? What challenges have you come up against in the last sort of, I don't know, week, month or so? Well, I think, you know, I think the same challenges, frankly, we've been having for the last year, just maybe manifesting a little bit different, right, is (laughs) I had really seen some pretty drastic changes in how buyers buy and the buyer's journey in B2B. I've been in B2B sales and marketing for the last 35 years. So um, I've kind (laughs) of seen it all. And, you know, I had seen that in the last, you know, certainly accelerated by the pandemic, but it started before the pandemic, that the whole way that buyers went about researching, the way they went about buying, the the journey that they went through, all of that was very different. And so as sellers, we needed to adapt. And that's what the book is about, is how do you adapt as a B2B marketer or B2B seller to get more prospects and, and customers into that revenue zone where they're they're willing to do business with you. Um, what I've seen over the last, you asked, you know, in the last month, you know, is you start to see quote unquote people preparing for a downturn. Maybe the downturn hasn't quite manifested yet, but as you see companies preparing for a downturn, as you see companies looking at reducing spend and being more capital efficient, if nothing else, and what they're doing, they're really starting to understand even more that that buyer journey and that buyer experience is very, very different. And so when they start to re-engineer how they're doing things, they have to take into account. And and the good news is, is more and more companies now, because they're having to become more efficient, are saying, hey, I've got to take the buyer into the buyer journey into into account. I've got to align my strategies more to that. I've got to be thinking differently than the way I was thinking before. So we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of companies that had invested in and had big, large outside sales team, field sales teams moving towards a hybrid. So saying, hey, it's not that we're not going to ever go out and see somebody, but maybe it's going to be more of an 80-20 or 70-30 where we're 80% or 70% in virtual in you know, doing inside sales and then 20 or 30% leveraging what I'm doing inside to really make the most of those meetings that I do in person. Um, so again, a lot of shifts in that direction, again, as a way to be more efficient and to really leverage teams that are there. And, you know, a lot of sales teams struggle with that because that's not what they've done, right? They've, you know, been face-to-face for for many, many years. So what, um, this could be professional or personal, or you can give me both if you like. What's your greatest achievement, Tom? Oh boy. Um, I, I don't think, I don't know if I've had it yet, you know? Um, fantastic answer go on I, I i don't i think and i think that was the reason one of the reasons i wrote the book is you know i love um you know i've had consulting businesses i've had different software businesses um and you know i i get probably the most um reward out of helping people and especially helping you know small business or uh, sales and marketers and in smaller business small to medium-sized business 
succeed. And the reason is, is because that's where I've spent my whole career and I've had successes and I've had failures. And let's just face it, the failures suck, you know? And, and so if, if I can help, you know, um, somebody who doesn't have quite as much experience or is, you know, getting into this area of sales and marketing in, in a completely different sort of world that existed, you know, just a little while ago, um, if I can help them and, or, or the book or whatever I'm doing can help them avoid some of those same failures and be more successful, um, that's really what gets me excited. So is my accomplishment, you know, my greatest accomplishment, I really want to leverage what I'm doing in the book, not because I want to sell a lot of books, but I think there's a really a lot of good data in there to help people. And, you know, around that I've created a, I'm a, a co-host of a podcast called Social Selling for Newbies, um, which is, you know, an area which is how do you use virtual selling and, and online selling and how do you do that again in alignment with the buyer journey and some of the things that I go through in the book. And, um, you know, we also have a live show that we do with Lead Smart. So just I, I think if I look, you know, ahead, my greatest accomplishment will be how do I help, um, you know, companies especially now as they're trying to navigate through that downturn and how do we help with, you know, with insights and value, but also with some of the technology we built at the same time. So ask me, ask me again in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back on Tom and I will ask you again. And I'm sure okay. the answer will remain the same is I haven't had it yet, which that's, that is genuine. That's one of my favorite answers I've had to that question. That was fantastic. Very optimistic. I like it, Tom. That was great. Okay. What do you love about your industry? And is there anything you would change about it? Well, I think the thing that I, I'll, I'll answer the second question first, right? And, and you, I'm sure you see this, you know, in the B2B world, you guys are in the B2B world as well, is, and, and this goes back to what I was saying about the buyer journey, right? Is, it's like, you know, more than ever, the tolerance for the hard sell, the the pitch slap, you know, you go on LinkedIn and somebody connects with you and two seconds later, they're trying to sell you lead generation or, or whatever, right? The tolerance for just unprofessional sales actions and marketing actions continues to get lower and lower. And the, the, what was the first part of the question? Uh, it was, what do you love about your industry? Well, I love, you know, I, I think I said this in some, uh, a recent interview, right? I'm a bit infatuated with sales and marketing, but because without it, there is no business, you know? And I think, you know, sales and marketing when done well is not a something that is like, oh, I'm trying to manipulate or I'm trying to, you know, persuade something to do something. Sales and marketing done well, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, is, is a tool for you to help other businesses and serve other businesses and provide them insights and tools and things that they wouldn't necessarily even know about. Right. So that's what I love about, you know, the whole area of sales and marketing. And then of course there's, like I said earlier, there's some, obviously there's some parts of it that are less than uh, professional in some cases, but um, again, the whole goal is to try and continue to save that. And, you know, I think a lot of what you do with lead forensics and, you know, providing data like that can be used in one of two ways, right? People can use it in kind of a black hat way and they can use it in a very positive and constructive way. And, and, you know, that's what we try and, what we try and focus. on. Well, then, so, I mean, you, you mentioned how much you, you, you relish, um, you know, helping business to succeed and, and avoid certain failures and that sort of thing. 
I wonder, is that your key motivation? Is there anything else that really motivates you at the start of your day, the start of your week? What, what gets Tom Burton out of bed, I suppose, is the, <laughs> is the question. Yeah, I, I like the I like the game of it, right? I like the game of of um, <clears throat> you know helping again, and it is coming back to helping or serving other businesses, seeing seeing them expand, seeing them. You know, it's like even the customer we were talking about earlier. I'm going out on a trip this coming week uh, to meet some customers, and you know, it's great when you see where they were and what they were doing prior to Lead Smart or prior to making some changes. And then where they are now and just, you know, how much they appreciate that. And they, you know, see that as a foundation for, for growth. And, you know, if, if you, if you do that and yeah, that's what gets me up. And if you do that, I found that, you know, you, you'll, you'll be successful and you'll get more and more, you know, financial rewards and other things like that when you're, it, when you're helping a lot of people, you know, kind of transform how they're able to do things. How do you decompress from your work then? How important is that divide between sort of work and personal life for you? Are you very much a person that's, nope, that's it, I'm done for the day? Or does it sort of, you know, just keep ticking along in the background? No, I would say it's a 24 by 7 thing. But what I do do um, is I really try and make time, like I really enjoy, you know, swimming, for example. And I live in California, so... It's great. We can, you know, swim a lot more a part of the year than than we can. So, you know, I'll put in my schedule an hour break to go to the pool and swim and put it in like an appointment like I would with anything else that that I, you know, a meeting or anything else I do. Um, you know, I enjoy playing golf. I played golf this last weekend and things like that. So I try and schedule in, you know, doing things with my wife and family and things like that. So I try and schedule those things in. Um, and I, I believe that going forward that what, right or wrong that, and I'm sure there'll be people that disagree with me, the idea of this sort of, you know, nine to five, 40 hour work week, and then I don't do anything. And then I, I think those days for a lot of industries are done. Um, I do think it's a seven day a week type of piece, but I also think on the positive side is there's a lot more flexibility on how you use your time during that. And I think companies that are really going to attract top talent and are going to really expand over time are going to have that flexibility or be able to have that flexibility um, as, as it goes forward. So it's not like, hey, you're just working 100 hours a week and that's all you're doing. It's, but the, the reality of it is in the world we're in, right, things just don't stop Friday at 5 and restart Monday at, you know, there's just things always going on. So who... Um... Who are you inspired by, Tom? Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm inspired by, I'll give it more of a group of people. I'm really inspired by, I love entrepreneurs and um, people that are willing to take chances and have courage to take chances and try something new and, and be willing to fail, you know, um, I've had successful businesses that I've sold. I sold a business to Intuit a few years ago. I've had successful businesses and I've had other ones that have flopped completely. And you learn from that, but it's not always easy, you know? And mm -hmm. so I'm very um, inspired by, you know, whether they're in business or, you know, and even in other fields, right? Athletes or artists or whatever, people that are willing to take a chance, put themselves out there, have some courage, um, 
you know, that's, that's kind of what inspires me. I imagine you'd probably agree with this, but you'd, you'd rather have, you'd rather try and have failed than not tried at all. Is that correct? That's yes, that is true. That is true. (laughs) Sometimes that's gotten me into trouble, but you know, (laughs) could you please give us a very quick background of lead smart? Yeah, sure. So, um, Myself and my co-founder created LeadSmart, I guess now almost four years ago. And we've created a very specific, we call it purpose-built CRM and customer intelligence uh, solution. But we focus on the wholesale distribution industry. So what that means is manufacturers, distributors, uh, independent sales agents, manufacturers, reps. There's a whole ecosystem that exists in this wholesale distribution space. And the reason we're focusing on that is my partner, Kevin, who I've known my whole life, we've known each other for 50 years. He spent his whole career in this market and really you know, was seeing where the problems were, where they were really missing from a technology perspective and having insights into the customer. And you know, there's a lot, a lot of transactions and a lot of sales and a lot of sales volume in, in the wholesale distribution space. And still, many of these companies run their entire sales operations off of spreadsheets and email or maybe even a book, you know, a notebook that they, they take notes in. And so anyway, we've been really focused on this industry and developed a solution to, and really we'll talk more about this, but what we believe is a really sort of second generation, modern approach to CRM versus the more traditional, Hey, you know, let's just log a call or log activity or, or, you know, do a pipeline report. And uh, how does your solution work? with lead forensics? Yeah, so we, you know, one of the things that we're, we try and do a lot with our software is, we, we call it customer intelligence, is allow sales teams to have, kind of look into the future rather than just looking into the past, right? And how do I come up with a proactive strategy rather than just recording what I've already done? So what lead forensics does, and we take data from, you know, a lot of times we take data, data from an ERP system or a marketing automation system or, or different places. But, you know, lead forensics is a tool for getting that data flow of website visitors and website activities. We then bring that into LeadSmart. We combine it in some cases with other data that's coming from other places. And then we use that to provide analytics and visualizations to a sales team that kind of is as we like to say, kind of spotlight, you know, where should you be focusing your attention? Where's opportunity that you may not be aware of immediately and, and so forth. So again, it's all a tool to help provide that intelligence into their system by using that website visitor data combined with other data that we have coming into the system. And then, so typically, how would your clients then go about using those tools? So, the clients would have lead forensics install, installed on their website, like, you know, normally tracking just like a normal lead forensics does. But what we do is we take that data, that feed essentially, into LeadSmart. And so LeadSmart, it's in our CRM platform. Um, and we t- combine that with other data that we're bringing into LeadSmart. Like I said, it could be ERP data, could be e-commerce data. I think one of the, cl- you know, case studies we're going to talk about is we've combined it with ERP data and even abandoned cart and that kind of information to then kind of give a profile of what a customer or what a company is doing and then helping them guide them where they should be taking action and next steps with the sales team. So um, we're, we're taking the feed from lead forensics and leveraging that into the, into the system. 
Well, I mean, you, you touched on it there, Tom, but uh, let's uh, let's have a chat about a, a recent client of yours for an example then. How did you help them and what new purposes did the Lead Forensics Insights serve? Yeah, so, you know, they had been using Lead Forensics prior to bringing on Lead Smart, um, but we were excited to see they already had Lead Forensics in place. And this is a company, it's a manufacturer. They sell um, very specialized like hardware, like screws and fasteners and things like that for a lot of different high-tech products, but other products. So they have lots of SKUs, lots of different product categories. Um, they sell, they have kind of an omni-channel sales strategy. So they'll sell direct, they'll sell on an e-commerce site, um, they'll sell through you know distributors or resellers in some cases. So what we did is we uh, took their lead forensics feed, we incorporated that into LeadSmart. So we had all of their lead forensics data and the accounts and everything that we're visiting their website. We combine that with their e-commerce data, which was coming, you know, not just visitors, but, you know, who was basically even downloading, like they do a lot of CAD diagrams and, and specialized design diagrams. So we could track who was downloading those things, who was putting things into a cart, who were making orders, who wasn't, and then combine all of that. And now we get this sort of 360 degree profile of the customer. And then we've built dashboards and analytics and, um, workflows and everything around that, that, you know, kind of gives their, their sales team a clear roadmap and blueprint on, you know, where they want to be spending their day, where are they spending their effort, where are their, you know, best customers, what customers should they be investing direct sales in or, in, you know, um, versus, you know, letting them buy online. So different techniques and, and analytics to help them really work out their sales plan and their and uh, can you tell us what sort of results they've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they've had some really, really significant growth. Um, and over and they continue to grow year over year. And they've been adding more team members. And we keep adding in more and more data along the way. So we just added in some additional data from their e-commerce environment just a week or so ago that we're continuing to put together. And then looking at more innovative ways to use that data to again, accelerate growth. You know, their goal is to really have some pretty significant growth in 2023. So we're looking at how we can leverage all of this data again into their CRM platform to provide that customer intelligence and visibility. It's fantastic. So it's all steam ahead for uh, for 2023. It's fantastic. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Tom, this has been a, a really, really lovely discussion. I've really enjoyed just, just chatting to you and just getting to know you a, a little bit more. If there was... Um... There's one key lesson you would like listeners of the Essential B2B podcast to take away from this conversation we've had today, or it can be a completely new idea you want to introduce just for this question. What would it be? What's one top tip you've got for our listeners? Yeah, I would say, and I think this is the top tip we've kind of touched on it in a lot of things. Understand your customer. And I mean that in a holistic way. And, and obviously a prospect as well, but understand your customer in terms of obviously what problem or what opportunity, you know, what problem they're trying to solve or opportunity they're trying to capitalize as it relates to what you do. But maybe even more importantly is how do they go about the process of, you know, learning and buying and what is their buyer journey and understand that does your customer understand even what you do? Or do you have to provide, do you have to create that understanding? Do you have to get them to, you know, create demand by 
education and all of that. Like really, really take the time to understand your customer. And, you know, I said in the beginning, Lead Smart, we focus on this wholesale distribution area. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm learning about our customers every single day, more and more about our customers. When I go to shows, I've got a show I'm going to next week. I love that because it gives me a chance to listen and really understand more and more about that, that customer. That's why I think niche-oriented, when you can niche down and you can focus on a particular ideal customer, it really, really gives you a big advantage. And then you have to then take the next, obviously, to really understand. And so, um, you know, understand as much as you possibly can and never stop, right? That's the other thing is don't feel like you know everything and, you know, stop really researching and understanding. And if you can do that, then that by itself is, is huge. Fantastic stuff. Tom Burton, thank you so much for joining me on the Essential B2B podcast. Oh, thank you. Great to be here.